Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how the World Bank is embracing blockchain. It can also be used to benefit smaller suppliers in developing countries, bringing them more of the revenues, bringing them more access to financing by creating their own identities on the blockchain, and just sort of revolutionizing the social contract, the social fabric of society by creating a more direct link between the producer in the developing country and the customer. One of the largest industries in our region isn't an industry at all. It's how to get the rest of the world economy growing. A lot of us here in town do that in various ways. Our next guest is very much involved with that. She's Fanny Delavelle. She's managing director of the World Bank Youth Summit and part of the World Bank. Fanny, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, let's start with uh, the basics. The World Bank, everybody, many of us drive by the buildings. What does the World Bank actually do? Right. So the World Bank is an international organization, a development bank that provides loans and capacity building to developing countries to help them develop on diverse topics and areas from health, education to technology. And you're working in technology, which I, you and I had a panel together a couple of weeks ago, and I was very struck by how the World Bank's using technology to change the world outside the United States. Tell us a bit about what you're up to right now with this uh, Bank You Summit and some of the activities you're undertaking. When you think of the word bank, you don't necessarily think of an innovative institution. It's a, a large bureaucracy, it's usually known as. Um, but we do have very innovative projects going on within the bank, looking at various innovative technologies that we want to apply to make our projects more efficient on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, and that includes blockchain, which we did discuss on the panel. Um, I particularly focus on blockchains in supply chains to make supply chains more efficient and fairer for small stakeholders and women-led firms. Now, blockchain is a distributed data ledger so that everybody knows what's going on without somebody in the middle. That's a big issue, right? It takes You're concerned about taking out the middleman, that 20 or 30% that people scoop out just by being in the middle. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely, yeah. So there are three main areas that we're looking at. Um, the first one would be uh, looking at how we can give a greater share of the revenues to the initial producer. And as you mentioned, that is through eliminating the middlemen. So that, for instance, a producer in Haiti can just use an Amazon-like service to directly export uh, his or her products to the United States without any additional costs uh, from middlemen. Um, another area that we are also looking at is simplifying the business environment for women-led firms and small suppliers that just don't have the legal capacity to deal with the hundreds of uh, legal and uh, regulations that you are required to export to international markets. Um, by integrating those regulations on smart contracts, you drastically simplify that procedure and enable a lot of small stakeholders to benefit from trade preferences that we they would not otherwise be able to benefit from. Because a lot of, as I recall, having been in international trade for a while as a, mm -hmm. an attorney and a, a banker, a lot of what international trade people did was basically stand on both sides of the transaction and, and establishing trust. Yes, this person actually is not a fraud. Yes, this person on the other side is not a fraud. The money changes hands, things get delivered, and everybody's happy, and I, as a middleman, get paid. Mm -hmm. 
that's very inefficient, right? And what we've seen in the United States is businesses like Amazon have taken a lot of the middleman out. Sounds to me like what you're talking about, in effect, is taking the middleman out around the world. Exactly. Absolutely. And when you think that, you know, 7% of annual trade co- of um, the global value of goods traded annually goes into documentation costs, just like the ones you mentioned, you can see there's a huge business case for it. Uh, what we're trying to make at the World Bank is the social case and the political case for blockchain, saying that, yes, it will increase, it will decrease inefficiencies and benefit certain global companies, but it can also be used to benefit smaller suppliers in the developing countries, bringing them more of the revenues, bringing them more access to financing by creating their own identities on the blockchain, and just sort of revolutionizing the social contract, the social fabric of society by creating a more direct link between the producer in the developing country and the customer in the uh, developed country, usually. I would suspect that with the Youth Summit that you're involved in in your activities, you must meet some really interesting people Tell me about an entrepreneur that you interacted with recently that really taught you something you didn't know about yourself. So I'm thinking of Joy, who is a researcher at the MIT Media Lab and the founder of the Algorithmic Justice League. Um, And she actually looks at uh, leveraging artificial intelligence uh, for diversity and inclusivity. So how to make sure that AI is developed in an inclusive way that does not further Um, worsen the inequalities, both racial and in terms of gender that we see in society. And I find that extremely inspiring. I find that really interesting and inspiring as well, because as I delve into artificial intelligence, I see a lot of concern now that since AI basically is software that's trained through input, if we have biases in how we train the AI, they're going to grow up they're going to grow up as prejudiced or worse as we are. Absolutely. And there were some experiments that were made uh, where AI machines were taught whatever was on the internet. And they were asked to associate certain pictures with certain words. And for instance, every time you showed uh, the AI machine a picture of a kitchen, they would say woman, (laughs) which is quite worrying because it it says a lot about the internet. um, And it says a lot about us as a society. And we definitely do not want with these new technologies to further um, deepen those problems. So that just reminds me that ultimately technology is a tool that we use to see, to create the world we want. How optimistic are you about tomorrow based upon what you see in the young people you're working with? Right. I think I'm pretty optimistic in terms of the younger generation being more aware of these problems, which is definitely a first start. Um, I think we do need to be careful in terms of the way we develop and implement the technology to not replicate the same both social and economic structures of the path uh, of the past. And I think this is an area where the World Bank and national governments have a huge role to play. I know that usually regulations is not seen as a very exciting word in the tech space. Um, But regulations can be an enabler uh, for technology. The business environment um, is determined by governments, basically, in many cases. Um, And governments and the, the World Bank have the responsibility in many ways to make sure these new technologies are developed in an inclusive way, rather than how we're seeing in many cases, including in the case of blockchain, large companies taking over the technology more and more and developing more permissioned um, and centralized versions of the technology that are not as inclusive. So we're at a moment in time, almost another opportunity for a 
revolutionary change if we're willing to embrace it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's really neat. Fanny, I really appreciate you coming in the studio and educating us on some really great things the World Bank's doing. It's not just about money. It's about social change. It's great. Thank you so much for having me. I was Fanny DeLavelle, Managing Director of the World Bank Youth Summit. And we want to say a special thank you to these show's sponsors. What's working in Washington wouldn't happen without the support of other organizations here in town who want to make a difference by highlighting how a region grows. Montgomery County Economic Development Corporation, their business development team can help you find the best talent and ideal location and the latest in market and business intelligence. Your business starts with MCEDC. Connect with them at thinkmoco.com. And Tedco. Tedco invests in early stage and life sciences companies. It produces resources and connections that companies need to thrive in Maryland. Tedco's mission is to discover, invest in, and help build great companies. Learn more at www.tedco.md. And Jones Lang LaSalle, they are a leading commercial real estate service company within the Washington, D.C. metro area, serving the technology, government contract, and their professional services industries. JLL's strategy-led approach and expert implementation results in cost-effective and flexible real estate solutions that help their clients succeed and grow. Our executive producer is Tracy Madigan, online writer Barbara Ulrich, music provided by two D.C. region bands, Two Car Living Room, and The Sunbathers. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Thanks for listening. See you next time. <laughs>